You're listening to the Break Free Podcast, where we show up, tell the truth, and do the work so that we can live God's best for our lives. Let's jump right in. March is Women's History Month, and we are highlighting some of the contributions of women um, who have made a tremendous impact in our history and in our society. And I thought, what better way to kick off the month than with a woman that I know who is currently making an impact and making her mark on history as we speak. Welcome Vice President of Education at the John F. Kennedy Center for Performing Arts, Jordan LaSalle, to the Break Free Podcast. Hi, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here with you. I'm so happy that you're here with me. Fun fact, you guys, Jordan and I have been friends for many years. We met Um, Early in my career when I worked in, well, many, many schools in the field of arts and education, um, using creative writing, theater, and all that good stuff to just help develop the character and leadership skills in young people. And Jordan was just a light on my path in many, many ways. And God has just kept us connected all of these years. So Jordan, let's jump right on in because you guys, I don't have enough time on this podcast to tell you how amazing Jordan is um, as a leader, like professionally, but just as a a friend and as a person um, personally to me. She is who she says that she is in front and behind the scenes. And if you know anything about leadership, it's kind of (laughs) rare. It can be. It can be. Right. And so as someone in high-level leadership, Jordan, I just want to start off with what would you say are some of the most important attributes um, of a good leader? Oh, Ashley, I just want to say you have also been such a light in my life. So thank you for that. Okay, attributes of a strong leader. I think integrity is the cornerstone, right? So if integrity willing to continuously improve uh, and being dedicated to that, being willing and open to that, and just having some self-awareness that would help when you are in that path of, of improvement. So being able to hear some of that, you know, constructive criticism, be able to navigate your path as it's changing and be vulnerable enough to do all of that. Vulnerable. I love talking about vulnerability because it's so, it really is so powerful. And I think a lot of times we feel that if we mask that, Mm -hmm. right, that that's where our power lies, but it's quite the opposite. You said something important. You talked about um, being able to receive constructive criticism and you and I have had many conversations about this. Can you tell our listeners what that's looked like in your career, how you've been able to humble yourself and position yourself to have tough conversations with others and receive that kind of tough love from other people. Sure. So I think, you know, I started out in the classroom as well. I was a middle school teacher in the public schools. And as you know, working in classrooms, young people, thank goodness, are the most authentic, straightforward, truth-telling entities that we have in this world. So, as a teacher, I had to learn really fast that they were going to be authentic with me and they were going to not let a lot of things slide. So it made no sense to be anything but completely authentic with them. So I had to be very comfortable owning who I really was and not trying to be somebody different and 
receiving all kinds of feedback from them. And the more I trusted and, you know, allowed that relationship to be evolving because I knew who I was and I was able to just kind of take that um, feedback from them, I think it helped loosen me up and be able to receive criticism in a way that, that I could still keep moving. So that's very different from later in life when you receive criticism from a mentor or, you know, a boss. That's that's a different level. But I think once you've gotten right with yourself and realized, okay, this is actually who I am and you can show up in that authentic way, it helps you be able to continuously improve by, by receiving that criticism and knowing that it's actually a gift to you to add to all of the tools on your tool belt. Like, let's go. Yeah, help me out. Yes, that's so great, Jordan. And, you know, I've received some of that criticism from young people <laughs> in Chicago public schools as well. Go you got to have tough skin, right? Who knew we yeah. were being prepared for what we're doing now all the way back, you know, all the way back then. But those students will get you right. They'll get you ready, you know. So <laughs> I, uh, I relate to that. Um, in addition to that, I want to talk about, you know, I heard you say really owning who you are and you said you use the word authenticity and, you know, these are words that we hear a lot in leadership. We hear a lot in different industries, you know, I traffic around corporate America, we're hearing it in our profit space, we're hearing it at church, we're hearing it pretty much everywhere. But, you know, I think that a lot of us struggle with understanding what that actually looks like. So what did that look like in your life when you say, you know, owning who you are? How have you been able to get to that place? Perfect example, I think, that I can give you is realizing, so the role that I'm in now, I came into in a in a situation where I was in the interim leadership role right as the pandemic hit. And so then as... I worked through the challenges of that and had the trust of my team. What was very apparent was that the way that they relied on me and the way that I could show up as a leader was really only, it could only be who I was authentically because we were all, you know, in a situation of being sort of worn down all of those polished edges and all of those things that people put up in front as sort of padding to themselves were really stripped down. And so it, it helped me understand that my greatest strengths were in just accepting and being completely authentic with the kind of leader I am. I am a person who will own and talk about and be, be real about the emotional turmoil that we're, we're experiencing in any moment but then also ask of my staff to, you know, use that as energy that we translate into momentum and recognize and care for each other, take time to understand that in a way that maybe other leaders would want to just mask or not even talk about. It's like, let's own what's in the room. Let's own the emotions that are happening here and use that as fuel for what it is we are seeking to do. Right. And I received a lot of positive feedback that that kind of leadership and that kind of authenticity to my personality helped people 
in terms of feeling led because they knew I wasn't putting on some mask, you know, and trying to wear that as, as a, as a different kind of face and, and being inauthentic. Um, so then I can move from that space and continue to be strong. That is different than the way my boss, for example, was trained to be a leader, had certain qualities and attributes to it. And some of that included, let's not get caught up in the muck of some of those emotional uh, issues. But I can be who I am because I'm authentic to that. I know that that that's part of who I am. And it's okay that it's different. You know, it's a different kind of leadership from somebody else who might be sitting in this chair. That's great. Um, Did you always know that you were a leader or was there a significant, you know, moment in your life where you're like, wow, I'm a leader and you decided to lean into it? Because I know in my own journey, I didn't have a lot of like reinforcement, like, oh, you're a leader or anything like that. It was something that kind of organically um, was revealed to me. You know, mm-hmm. honestly, through my relationship with God, like, yes, you hear you're a leader, but I'm talking about leading others like in a more formal way. Sure. And then I had to make a decision to either accept that the responsibility and own that like you were just talking about um, or kind of shy away from it. And one thing I've seen you do over the years is even in the face of, you know, personal adversities I've seen you lean into being a leader um, in many ways and you know I've seen you continue to evolve so I, I know I said a lot there but when did you have thank the, you I know break me podcast you gotta watch me I know I was just thinking about that though so let's start off Okay. When did you know you were like, I am a leader. I'm supposed to be leading people formally. Isn't this interesting too? Because I think we have to wrestle messaging that comes to us from all different kinds of places all the way through our growing up and into adulthood, right? So let me be clear that as a young kid, I think I was, I did have a propensity to speak up and to socialize and I'm thinking about things like even like little group projects and elementary school and stuff like that. You know, like I was willing to take the reins. Um, I had some people who really believed in me and including music, my music teachers and my, you know, the people when we would do little plays and stuff like they put me in little lead roles. And I remember thinking I didn't think this was for me. I didn't think I could do that. But having an adult who we trust, you know, to say, no, this is really something that I see in you. That's a message that can be received. But simultaneously, the message can be received like you're bossy, you talk too much, you know, you're getting <laughs> That's what I got. That's what, okay, that's like, what they were telling me. Yeah, I got both of them. I got both mm-hmm. of them. I remember the lowest grade I ever got was in conduct because in elementary school because I was talking too much. And it's like what if those messages had been a little bit different and said, you know, let's harness that energy and put it into something that is leadership. We didn't, re- we didn't have that same vocabulary all the time. And so I think it is so important. Obviously, you know, I work in education still. So the, the messaging that we give to young people is so crucial to the way that they develop. And as you've said, 
the messaging you receive, you have to still choose what what to believe and what to put in as part of your path. Um, So I so I think that I had some of those amazing opportunities. You know, I was I was blessed to be reinforced in terms of that in terms of being able to lead, in terms of able to be strong. Um, I have a very, I had a very strong-willed mother and many of the women in my family were very clear, strong, hardworking, opinionated, and they encouraged that in the other females in the, in the family. So that was really a gift. Um, but I will say to you, and I will admit that at each turn in my career, I needed some extra reinforcement to be boosted to that next level. There was still a lot of self-doubt and just a healthy, I think, dose of insecurity of, is this next level where I should be? Or am I perfectly fine right here? You know, is this is this the cap? Is this the ceiling? Um And again, I've been thankful to have that sort of reinforcement and get those boosts at those moments of, of evolution and, and, and change. Self-doubt. I hear that a lot, right? Um, it comes up a lot with women in leadership and it comes up for a different, a variety of reasons. But I think one of them is the messaging, like you were just talking about, right? For sure. Um, and regardless of the messaging, like you said, you have the choice to believe what you want to believe. It's a decision at the end of the day. And that belief system ultimately determines who and what you become, right? We become what we believe. True. And so, you know, when I think about the self-doubt and like you said, you, you mentioned a healthy dose of insecurity, I think that these are barriers that do show up but not everybody's story ends up like yours where they push through and you know become the vice president of a massive organization right in fact many times it's the opposite that they don't step out they don't go for the role Um, they're talked out of it you know how have you been able to break free from the self-doubt and the insecurities that you've been faced with as a woman? Ashley, I love this question because it is it is so real, and I think it's really healthy to understand that self-doubt is present in everyone, and the people that we admire most have their own levels of self-doubt and questioning of their abilities. So I will reframe in one way, which is to say, I know what you mean in terms of breaking free of the things that could hold you back when it comes to that. But I think actually it's helpful to me or it has been helpful to me to embrace and pull in the things that I know are my insecurities and my doubts really pull them close to me, look at them, thank them for showing up. (laughs) You're here to teach me. You're here to help me level up. So what do we do with you? Okay. When I feel this kind of self-doubt, 
is that because of a message I've received on what real leadership looks like? And I have to fight against hundreds of years of messaging and imaging uh, about what the personality of a leader is. Okay, then let me surround myself with people who I really admire who are also breaking that narrative, who are also struggling against that kind of um, that kind of message and reinforcing in themselves, you know, this is what it could look like, this is what it could be. But it, unless I really admit and own, and again, man, ever since I've been a teacher, I've been willing to self-deprecate because I think that humanizes me. So my staff knows, I mean, I'll say, I'll make jokes all the time about, well, you know, I wrote that email three times until I got it right because I couldn't, you know, I wanted to get the exact right wording and it mattered to me that you heard from me what I really meant. Um, they know that those things are kind of part of who I am. And I think that helps me, again, accepting who I am and humanizing the, the journey and then other people to see, you know, this is all a natural part of it. We all have to, we, it, we're better off when we admit those things. What I hear you saying is you're bringing them close, right, to you, the self-doubt, the insecurities, whatever the barriers are, but you're not staying there. Right. Right? You're not keeping that narrative. So there is a, there is a breaking, there is a freedom that you're finding in your ability to take another step. Because I think we talk about the what, but we're, we're missing the how. Fair enough. And yeah. I think, in, you know, we'd say this is what we should be doing. We should be owning these things. We should be confronting. We should be recognizing them. But how do we overcome these things? Mm -hmm. Because this is the difference between, you know, me unlocking my full potential and becoming who I am called to be or settling. Thank you so much for listening to the Break Free Podcast. Remember, this is the place where we show up, tell the truth, and do the work so that we can live God's best for our lives. Until next time.